With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Craftroot Sports Cincinnati Style is brought to you by Minuteman Tickets. Football's back, everybody, and there's only one spot you should be heading to get your college football or NFL tickets, and that's Minuteman Tickets. We love Minuteman. They're Ohio guys, and they're sports fans just like all of us, and they're not going to screw you over like other ticketing places. It's not just football either. They got it all. Baseball, hockey, theater, rib cook-offs. It doesn't matter. They've got everything. Hit them up. MinutemanTickets.com or give them a call 614-943-3000 and avoid all of the fees. That's 614-943-3000. Tell them you heard about them right here on Craft Root Sports Cincinnati Style. Cincinnati Style is also brought to you by More Labs. Drink one bottle of morning recovery while you're partying and bounce back quickly the next morning. Guaranteed. Go to morelabs.com and use the code SPORTS at checkout for 20% off your non-subscription purchase. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Craft Root Sports Cincinnati Style. I am Mike with me, as always, is Scott. Joe hanging out behind the computers. Scott, how you feeling today, man? Whew, another rough week in Cincinnati. Yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> I was there, man. It was the saddest thing I'd ever experienced. Another one of the winnable games that never actually felt winnable once the game we gotta stop saying the game is winnable like it's over we're not gonna say that the rest of the season joe how you feeling tonight bud what to do baby (laughs) love it every time uh we got an awesome show for you guys tonight uh this is craft root sports cincinnati style where we talk all things cincinnati I'm done defending Andy Dalton. We're going to talk about that tonight. I tried I tried to defend my redheaded brethren, and it's done. I'm the, over it. The, the college try is over. Uh, I also I want to recap. I, I saw the game with my pops, and I want to, I want to talk about that. Pop the, ex- beat. the experience at Paul Brown Stadium. Also, Shannon Sharp saying some crazy stuff on Twitter. And Stephen A. Smith. Was it crazy? Yes, it was crazy. You don't. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Reel it in, Mike, because we're going to get to that. Uh, also, I have a dream scenario for UC football. <gasps> Say what? 
dream scenario that I can, I'm so excited for it. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be so mad, but I really feel like it could happen. And it's going to be the best thing in the world in this city. <laughs> um, we'll also talk Xavier's preseason ranking. Yeah, uh, baby. XU. Flip the script. <laughs> it's 2019 and the new year. It's uh it is a new year. You, you are right about that. Fantastic show. So let's, let's get right into this Bengals talk because there's a lot to get to from this week. Uh, <laughs> Fart noises, right? <laughs> Everybody. Everybody is going to beat them. They are going to go 0-16. It is so disappointing, man. I okay. Except for the Dolphins. No, they're going to lose I to the still Dolphins. Maintain you know what's going to happen? You know what they're going to do? They're going to screw up and they're going to lose or they're going to win a different game and then they're going to end up beating the Dolphins. They're going to win two games. They're going to get like the fourth pick in the draft. <laughs> and it's going to be even worse. Like at this point, who can lose them all? I, I would rather you lose them all. Maybe get the second pick. Let the Dolphins ruin that first pick on Tua and you take Joe Burrow and it's great. Fine. I'm happy with that. Don't. But they're going to screw up and win another game that they're not supposed to, and they're going to end up with two wins, and then they're going to – oh, whatever. Anyways, another rough week for the Bengals. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the game against the Jaguars, I was there with my pops. End of the first quarter, nothing, nothing. I had everybody in the section laughing when I was like, we aren't losing everybody. And then we had the lead at halftime. And then we had the lead at the end of the third quarter. And then – Andy Dalton went Andy Dalton. And this is the weirdest part because we, we've said it. Like, why does it take them until the fourth quarter to finally pick things up and go on? This time, they got to the fourth quarter and all of a sudden, the, the time when they pick things up and could have closed this out, they went MIA. Dude, they didn't just go MIA. So the whole game, there was a, there was a loud mouth in our section that was yelling from the, the coin toss to put in Finley that he was like <laughs> Dalton's garbage put in. I'm like, shut up, man. Like, and then we even were cracking up with like Andy threw the touchdown pass that, uh, they gave him the seven, three lead. And it's like, all right, see, yeah, good thing. They didn't put in Finley. Uh, and, and Dalton was looking decent until the very end of the fourth quarter when he throws three picks in five plays oh. and like, Throughout the whole game, you can rationalize it and be like, that wasn't Andy's fault. That's because the line is garbage and Andy's running for life. That wasn't Andy's fault. That's because the the receiver broke off on his route midway through. That wasn't Andy's fault. That's because it was tipped up. And then that happens. It's like, yeah, that was Andy's fault. <laughs> oh, that one, that one was Andy's fault too. Oh, that one, that one was also Andy's fault. Good Lord, what is happening to this team? I was almost in tears. But he was the leading rusher. <laughs> With 33 yards in the touchdown. He, he was the leading rusher, though. I'm pretty sure we had negative rushing yards at half. I'm pretty sure there was negative rushing yards at half. It was such an awful performance. Re- remember when I, uh, on Craft Root Sports, when I drafted my team during the show yeah. with Matt Barr from 4th and Gold Podcast, the 49ers mm-hmm. podcast that, you know, shout out to. Um I have Joe Mixon in that league, and he is killing. Yeah, you should me. probably you should probably just go ahead and drop him. Like he's killing. That's a horrible me. pick. I drop him. Why wouldn't you? Oh, I, I mean, he's my, he was my third round pick. Like, and I thought I, I remember when I got him, I was like, I'm getting a steal. Like, this is pretty solid. Like third <laughs> third round, he fell to me. I was uh, pumped. He has been worse. 
than anybody that you can find on the scrap dude and i'm like <laughs> you, you say you're done making excuses for andy dalton I've been, I feel like I've been making excuses for Mixon this entire season. And <laughs> uh, granted, his, like the offensive line we know is trash, but at some point, even still, if you're a good running back, like you find something and he's just been. 10 carries against the Jags. Oh. Two yards. <laughs> like, I don't care how bad it's your offense. Terrible. Yeah, like I mean, that's terrible. Like, yeah, there's, that is there's, so like, garbage. No matter how bad your offensive line is, that's just. Off. There was some horrible play calls too. At one point, uh, the Bengals had the ball. It was in Jags territory. I don't even remember when it was, but they run this weird jet sweep to Alex Erickson and lost 12 yards on the play. And all of a sudden, you're out of field goal range and they ended up punting. And it's like, dude, what does even happen? Like, I feel like <laughs> the coaching staff is just playing Madden on the sidelines. They're like, yeah, this play will work fine. Whatever. Run it. Who cares? The uh, And then Andy. Do- uh, Okay, the interceptions that Dalton threw. Uh, so the the there's an interception that they they end up forcing the Jags to punt. Great. Uh, the Bengals re- uh, get the ball back. There's an incomplete pass, and then there was a pass interference call, and then an, I think another incomplete pass, and then Dalton throws the pick six, and that was the backbreaker. And it was like, dude, that was brutal. But it's not over yet. As bad as that was, the game wasn't out of reach but i mean this, and, and this is why we ultimately said it was a winnable game because it's like the jaguars don't have the horses to like necessarily pull away one way or the other so like even though they kept it close you're like all right you know even if they make a big play like the Bengals can still be in this right. because the jaguars just aren't gonna do enough to like extend yeah. any type of lead you're so... only d- so they were only down two scores at that point uh and then they get the kickoff, and the very next play, Dalton throws another interception. I was like, I'm done. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> I tried so And, like, I was getting really mad because people in our section were like, you redheaded F. And, like, sw- and I'm like, hey, hey. <laughs> you hey, took a personal you, Yeah, exactly. I was like, no, no, no I'm going to stick up for my redheaded friend here. Oh, jeez. It was, it was like an assault on me. So I'm now I'm trying to defend Andy on behalf of all redheads. Oh everywhere oh, good god and he let me down man it was so oh it was so bad here's how bad it was my dad who has been a browns fan for his entire life has seen the biggest disappointments my dad lived through the fumble he lived through the drive he looks at me at one point and goes son you got a real crappy team here <laughs> and that was i was like yeah dad it, we do this is really really bad he was like i've seen some terrible football this fourth quarter was the worst football I've ever seen in my life. I don't, I mean, at this point, so, and, and here's the thing. I don't think you put in Finley. It doesn't help. No, but Dalton's not your guy. Unless you think Finley is your quarterback of the future. But look, I mean, all off season at the end of last year, even before they hired Taylor and decided, you know, all right, we're going to see what they, I said, if you're going to bring in a new coach, like, they should have just jettisoned him. Like, they, they should have just, and, and the results are being what they are with no wins. You should have just said, all right, Andy, thanks for the memories. We're gone, you know, you're gone and just punted on him because they could have gotten out of him without any obligation financially and no cap hit. And they could have just been losing all these games and everybody would have just been like, eh, well, we've Rebuild. got, like, yeah, yeah, we've got this. Instead, they've got, they drug Andy through here for another year. There's, 
like a zero percent chance they're going to bring him back next year. Right. And so you just delayed the inevitable. And so like Andy hung around here for no good reason. Like the fans get more unjustifiably upset for no reason. Like it puts more pressure on Zach Taylor because again, if they had just a whatever quarterback, like whoever they brought in, it would have just been like, yeah, well, there was nothing here. But there's been it's just this whole. But who like, could you effect. have gotten for Andy in the offseason? That's no, the no, thing. It, like no, no, no. You wouldn't you have gotten, No, you weren't worried about getting Finley. You, you weren't worried about getting anybody. It was just the completely cutting. So you're bait saying with. just get rid of Andy and then run if, with Finley? It, it, yeah, if you were gonna bring in a new coach and new, you know, all right, well, this is gonna be a rebuilding year anyway. Then why not have whatever guy he drafted and not, you know, and and I mean at the time, you know, there was the suggestion that they would have gone with Haskins or whoever, but even if, even if they ultimately decided that, <gasps> it, well, yeah, Sorry. but even if they would have <laughs> I decided, just, in, I just had a terrible in this year's draft. If they still had Andy and they decided still like if they, they had gotten rid of him, they decided no, you know, we don't want anybody. And they drafted, you know, whatever late you've got a guy that you're like, well, it's just a guy. So it's kind of whatever this year, it's a roll of the dice. It's, but instead, there's just enough of the expectations of, well, we've got pieces that were there when we were successful, so, I mean, there should still be, bah. and then Seattle, you know, we've talked about it, it got everybody's hopes up unnecessarily. That's, the, that's what did it, was everything. that week one game. Right, and so it's like, it's all of these things, but again, if you didn't have Andy, it wouldn't have been amplified. Because, right. again, you would have still been able to, as a fan, compartmentalize it and say, yeah, they played well, but it was still a rookie QB. So, I mean, what can we realistically expect? We don't know. That was just one game sampling. But instead, you're like, oh, wait, it's Andy Dalton. So he's got this history. Like, maybe there's something here that we didn't know. And so it's just, it's screwed up. It's it's like what the Reds did with their rebuild, where they were like, hey, we're doing a rebuild, but we're like half in but half out on this rebuild. And we're going to get rid of some guys, but we're going to bring in some guys. And, hey, we're just going to be middling. <laughs> Yeah, and so, like, fans kind of, like, don't know what to do, but what they ultimately do is have more hope than necessary, and it screws up the entire thing. Well, I don't think you have to worry about any hope from Bengals fans for the rest of the year. I feel like Bengals fans have checked out. I was going to say, they're out That that. stadium was barely a third full. Here's how bad it was. They announced uh, an attendance of 42,000 at that game, and I heard laughter. Like, there was (laughs) laughter in the stadium when they were like, Today's attendance, 42,300, and everyone was like, ah, so, so I was just keeping an eye on the game at home, but then it scrolled across my Twitter feed like when the official announcement came out, and I I said to myself out loud, no way. Yeah, there's there, zero was, chance that there's 42,000 people there. I would be shocked if they even sold 42,000 tickets. Well, they did. I mean, they that's, well, and that's yes. what it's all based on is 42,000 right. tickets sold. But here's how bad it was. I had... I had four tickets to the Miller Lite party deck. And you couldn't give them away. Yes. That <laughs> ticket comes with free beer and free food. You did As offer a it fact, to Joe and I, and we, we both had to turn it down. You said no because of dad duties. Right. Joe said no because Bengals. That was his exact answer. It's <laughs> like, Bengals, bad team. And and the, the, the funniest part about that was... I thought, oh, well, he's doing it because of the Browns. And then I realized, oh, my God, the Browns are on a bye. They're like, a bye. He's exactly. not, he's not yeah. even turning it down because he wants to watch the Browns. And then at the same time, he's legit just turning it down because he doesn't want to leave the house for the Bengals. Like, oh, my God. When I posted it in the Craft Brood Sports Group on Facebook, 
uh, PJ jumped in and said, what's it come with $40 spending money? I was like, well, it comes with free food and beer. So yeah, about, and he was like, I still oh, can't believe you didn't still get a hard ticket because to be perfectly honest with you, if I wasn't on daddy duty and you know, cause I, I legit had a reason Niners were playing at one o'clock, which doesn't often happen. Right. So they were playing at the same time and. As ugly as that game was, you know, I yeah, still was, would have been watching it. You could have missed all three of them field goals and <laughs> oh, been okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I really wanted to go, and not because Bengals necessarily, but it was like, I had to hang out with you, hang out with Papa B, you know, oh. just being at the NFL game, you know, and it, it was free. But <sighs> the fact nobody, that you couldn't even give Nobody did. I ended up, I, I was invited God. to a, a buddy's tailgate from an old message board I used to be on. And when we got there, it was just him and his wife. And I was like, hey, where are your seats at? And he was like, we're in section three, whatever. I was like, here, take these. There's free food and beer with it. Even if you don't, you don't have to, don't, don't feel like you have to come sit with us, but just come down and drink and eat for free and then go back to your seats or whatever. He ended up hanging out with us. Big Merg. It was a good time. We had a good laugh. I also uh, ran into Alex Schubert, comedian from Cincinnati. He uh, sat behind us. He hosts uh, FU We Like the Bengals, which is a super <laughs> funny podcast where they just roast whoever the Bengals are playing. Um, so be sure to, to check them out. So Schubert sat behind us and hung out. It, it ended up being a really good time, uh, but... Man, it, like just awful football to watch. It was so painful to watch that game. Um, but it, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, definitely not forty-two thousand people there. My dad got super drunk. Here's my favorite part of the whole game. There's nobody in the stadium. Maybe a third full. The game ends, and my dad goes, Phew, "We better let this crowd clear out. Let's head to the bar." <laughs> That's such a dad thing to say, but so on like, point. Yeah, pops, let's go. Let's go oh, grab God. a beer. And that's why. That's why I was upset. I missed it because all of the Papa Papa B hijinks. Like he was a he was a trip. If you ever get a chance in the future to catch a game with my dad, do it because you are missing out. He is a, he is hilarious. Uh, I want to talk about the Shannon Sharp tweet that came out this week. Uh, Shannon Sharp said after the loss that Bengals fans. He was basically insinuating the Bengals fans uh, got what they deserve by hoping that Marvin Lewis got fired, uh, and then he, you know, pointing out they went from like an eight and eight team to zero and seven, and maybe uh, don't wish so hard for Marvin Lewis to to leave. Marvin Lewis should still be the coach. Type uh, type feelings on that one. When I saw that tweet, I'm like, wait a second, pump the brakes here for a second. Are you telling me we should just accept mediocrity? It's not necessarily saying that this was that Zach Taylor was the home run hire mm-hmm. and and let's face it, Zach Taylor was put in a really crappy situation. Three offensive linemen leaving the team in the offseason, two retiring, one left, like the the number one draft pick getting hurt getting for hurt. the season. Exactly right. Your line <laughs> is totally decimated and you're riding on Andy Dalton. So let's not act like Marvin would have had any better of a season this year. I think that's the crazy thing that people think that Marvin would have gotten some wins this year. Do you think Marvin would have gotten a win out of this team? No, I, I mean it, Taylor was put in such an awful position because I mean, on top of that, you're like, all right, the line was decimated, and then you lose arguably your best player before the season even starts to a foot injury for half the season. Right, right, right away. Right, yeah, AJ <laughs> Green's like, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, so, let's I mean, not act like, like AJ Green was gonna. Change no, 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 no. anything, but I mean, <laughs> but still on paper when you're looking at it, 
he's still the best right, player. Right. If if you go to the Madden rankings and you're just like, hey, team rankings, like he is the highest rated guy on that team, regardless of anything. So I mean, when you lose all of your offensive linemen, both first draft picks and otherwise, and then you lose your best player, even if he's a wide receiver that depends on somebody else getting the ball, like you're already behind this gigantic eight ball. And that's not if you're a first year head coach. I really had to go. I, I wanted to go back and see. I already see knew that he was their best friend. Who, uh, <laughs> like, I knew you were Googling Madden. And, like, I, I, yeah. He is not. AJ Green is number two. No, no, no. That, but that's, that's probably been. Number one offensive player. No, no, no. I was going to say, but has, has that been since the season started? Or uh, has that been since the ratings have this been is from, as they go on? Oh, it hasn't been since. This is Cincy Jungle from July. This is the initial ratings. Oh, okay. All right. But I don't know if it would have changed that much. Is, it, uh, is Geno Atkins the number Gino one? Geno Atkins okay. is number one. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, with, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, Geno had a pretty decent game uh, against the Jaguars. He made his presence felt. Uh, but he is the number one, at least as... Uh, and According then, to man. Yeah, and then Eifert was number three. That's crazy. A guy who hasn't even played a full season in his entire <laughs> career with the Bengals is your number three rated guy. Dear God, man. <laughs> Tied with Eifert is running back Joe Mixon. Whew. Hopefully those those ratings were adjusted. Um, anyways, uh, so you, I mean, I don't think Marvin. I think if Marvin was here, he's zero seven as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do. I think that like just all of the things that have happened and just the tornado of crap that is like everything that's gone on with the team this season. I, you know, people want to blame Mike Brown, and but it's just like. It's just a whole mess of things that all add up to this 0-7. Like, you don't get to be 0-7 by, like, one single thing. It's just all of these factors have combined to make them 0-7. Because I still think that this team just, in general, isn't bad enough to be 0-7. But everything has gone absolutely wrong to make sure that they are 0-7. Maybe it's the jaded fan in me, but I'm starting to believe that they are just that bad. That it's just like, no, they're just not good. As the old saying goes, you are what your record says you are, especially after this many games. I mean, you know, it's a a very good sample size. (laughs) The season's halfway over, and here they are. But, you know, I, I still firmly believe that they won't go winless. And uh, that's what I'm sticking to. Like, that's so, all I got. So let's look ahead to this week. We got the Rams coming up in London. A rare 1 o'clock London game. Very straight. 1 o'clock our time. Joe, don't shake your head. That's it, It's a shit. 1 o'clock. All right, not 1 o'clock London time. Fine, whatever. Uh, it's a 1 o'clock, one o'clock game. in the States. <laughs> right. Uh, I only. I First only, time ever. Right. I only talk Eastern Standard Time. Screw any other time oh, zone, yeah, yeah, and yeah, screw yeah. the metric system uh, for that matter too. Sure. Not even okay. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> We're driving uh, on the left side of the car this week. <laughs> For all you but how, We were talking about it before the show. How terrible is that that Zach Taylor is like, oh, man, we get to play. We're the away team at L.A.? I get to go back home? Yeah, no, Zach, you got to go to London to play your old team. Oh. <laughs> I don't know we, you said that, that. It's a good chuckle, but I also hope that he realized that before this week. Like He wasn't just <laughs> like, oh, my God, I, I thought I was going back to L.A. this week, and it turns out we're going to London. Everybody switch plans, reverse, reverse. I, 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 I'm 
miscalculated everything. <laughs> Throw out the game plan. We actually have to travel five hours across now the Now I kind of hope that's actually what happened. <laughs> I really hope that that's exactly what happened. Uh, do you think we end up 0-8 after this week? Yeah. I mean, this Rams team it doesn't look who's good. not that good is still very easily good enough to that beat That Rams them. offensive line is pretty much garbage. I yeah. think the Rams offensive line and the Bengals offensive line are statistically the two worst well, offensive lines, just in, in except general, for Miami. Like, I mean, this Rams team, since they lost the Super Bowl, they've lost all sorts of guys because of the salary cap and an injury and whatever, you know, for whatever various reasons. But even all that, they're still good enough to beat this Bengals team because, like, Goff is not good. No. But they'll find a way. Here's the other thing. I was really excited because we missed Jalen Ramsey because it was like, ha the Jaguars traded away Ramsey. <laughs> oh, no, we got him next instead. week. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so Ramsey, I think, is just going to eat Dalton alive. I mean, he's going to have Andy running for his life. No, I mean, why would he have Andy running for his life? Because I do a cornerback blitz every time because who's going to pick him up? But that's not even his thing. His thing is just a blanket whoever. So it's like Tyler Boyd, good luck having anything going on. Like he just, he'll just shatter, I would run. shadow Boyd. And so, well, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Because John Ross has disappeared from this team. Well, John Ross is on IR. So of oh. course he's disappeared <laughs> from this team. <laughs> So quickly, it's like, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's on what IR, so never he's mind. Definitely Whatever. not going to play a factor in this game. Uh, well, there you go, John Ross. Pick up, uh, pick it up, man. <laughs> Get back in the game. What are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> wow. Do you think Gurley is going to run like rough no, shot on this I actually defense? Think that, no, because I actually think that Gurley is. Do you like that pivot? Yeah, well, I mean, it was solid. You you like how I just went with it? Because I'm like, I'm not going to highlight anymore how awful that was. But no, I think Gurley, he's done as being an effective running back. You think so? Yeah, and and here's how I know, you know, at the end. That's what I always feel like, and then the running back just. No, but I mean, here's how I know, though, because for this specific situation, is last year. You could say, well, he got injured because, I mean, he was gangbusters all the way through like 14 weeks of the season. And then all of a sudden he fell off. And then in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, it was like, wait a minute, who is this guy? Obviously, there's something wrong. And then it was, well, if he gets the offseason, he'll be healthy and he'll come back and he'll be the normal. So he's been the exact same guy that they got from like 14 on. So I think that he's effectively like done. They're just going to have to limit what he does. And they're only going to get it. He's never going to be the guy that we saw for the first 14 weeks of last season. Like this is what he is. So like last week, even though he remained healthy, he didn't have a great week. Like he might sneak in a couple of good weeks, but I don't think that you're going to see, look at the stat sheet and be like, Oh my God, Gurley had a hundred and you know, 25 yards on a, a few carries like because he just went off like I think he's you know just gonna struggle and he's not gonna be the reason that they win he won't affect them you know as far as a loss because they won't lose but I, I just I think Gurley's days as being like a top tier back are, are over so hmm. I mean that that's not I don't want to say he's the least of the Bengals concern but he's just not somebody that you're like He's no longer that guy that you have to game plan for. 
I I still feel like with the Bengals events, they have to be ready for that. They have to be ready for. Well, I'm not, because... I'm not saying that you don't prepare for it. I'm just saying that I wouldn't no, expect saying, him yeah, anymore yeah. to be that guy. Like I'd be more worried about Cooper Cup than well, I would be of. Tucker. I'm just worried about. Jared Goff looking like uh, a Pro Bowl style quarterback after this. Well, that's, week. What, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that, and that's where it ends up being. Like, like you don't worry about Gurley. You worry about oh, they're gonna make Goff, who's not good, look good. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going zero and eight. Then we're gonna be zero and eight after yeah. this week. You maybe the travel to London screws up LA. That's a longer trip. For they them? forget where they are. No, it's just a longer trip. More jet lag no. to deal with. Right. No. Can we, Aaron can Donald, we try something? Aaron Donald, still the best <laughs> defensive player in the NFL. Maybe Aaron Donald gets sick. He eats some bad fish and chips. Maybe he doesn't make it through customs. Oh. <laughs> can we play some drugs on Aaron Donald? Can we just like, make sure he doesn't make it through? Even then. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Even then. Rams would be like, second game with the team. I got this. <laughs> well, that's terrible. Um, I was kind of hoping there'd be some... Zach Taylor, ah, I got to get back. Speaking of Zach team. Taylor, let's get a week eight Zach Taylor uh, update. All right, so what did you do with the soccer team and your kid this week? They were not there. They didn't show up. Boo. Not even just like it, I was expecting maybe Zach's wife, and I was going to try to hobnob with her and be like, oh, Mrs. Taylor, hey, how's it going? Can whoa, we? Whoa, does that look like you were trying to do that? I mean, not like anything. It just It was going to be like. I was going to be like, look at our kids hanging out oh, together. That's yeah, cool. We should hang good. out sometime. It's a good playoff. Play date. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we should hang out sometime <laughs> with the kids. I don't care about Zach Taylor's <laughs> wife. Like, this is I the, have no idea what Zach Taylor's wife looks like. This so. is the one instance where my wife would be more worried about me trying to go after the husband in the relationship. Because <laughs> they'd be like, I want to hang out with Zach Taylor. I want to be friends with him. Uh, well, and they, for the sake of the show, I hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah, but there were no, they weren't there. Uh, Emma wasn't even playing. I don't know what was going on, which is crazy because it was a home game. And then I knew they were uh, uh, like out You're waiting this around the week. Where's So like there, I knew they were going to be here this week. And this is, I found out, I didn't even know this Friday. This that is the last. scared him off. No, she, this is, questions. she might have. Yeah. He was probably like, they are on to me. I was I'm, gonna say, I'm never going back. They figured me out. <laughs> Some redheaded guy was just like he knew right away, and I had to get the <laughs> hell out of there. Uh, no, there. Uh, this is the last week. This week is the last week of the game. So oh, with yeah, them, with them being in London, they're not going to be there. So I've missed my. The window has closed, and I can no longer be friends with Zach Taylor. But I know I was very disappointed. I really was hoping this this season went a little bit longer, but then I was like, oh wait, that's right, they're three and four years old. That's I was just going to say, <laughs> I almost questioned you, like, what? The season's already over, and then I realized, no, wait, that seems about right. Like, yeah. they only play, like, it's six It's dark weeks. by the time the games are ending now, yeah, anyway, so the kids done. are, yeah. Uh, so, there you go, there's your Zach, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor Chronicles. <laughs> it's not going to happen, um, unfortunately. I well, feel like you should still parlay that one week I may. conversation into a sh- a show get. I'm gonna try. I mean, uh, I'll shoot, shoot my a shot. shot, baby. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Let's talk some UC football here. Let's talk a football team that's actually winning this year. As a Xavier fan, it always hurts me to hear that. I just, I, I it just, it it, yeah. I mean, we got to do it, but but as a Xavier guy, ugh, just skin crawling as it happens. You see up to number 18 in the AP poll looking ahead 
Uh, okay, so I, I did some some searching on this. The group of five team that is ahead of UC in the rankings currently is SMU. They're ranked number 16 right now. Now, this is all conjecture because it's eight people. Well, so we have to wait SMU until Tuesday. Doing, like, really well just in the conference in general. Like, aren't yeah, they yeah. the consensus like best team in Right, but they're also saying? in the West. They're, they're AAC West. Right, so they're the opposite. Right, so UC will not play them until the championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, again, this is all conjecture until the official college football playoff rankings come out on mm-hmm. Tuesday because that's the definitive rankings. This is based on the AP. But – UC and SMU appear to be the top two teams in the group of five, mm-hmm. which means the AAC champion is going to move on to a New Year's Six Bowl, most likely, uh, regardless of who that is, whether that's SMU or UC. So mm-hmm. we will likely, as long as UC wins out, they are going to be playing SMU in the American uh, Conference Championship game, winner going to a New Year's Six Bowl. That's pretty huge. That's amazing, right? All right? So we have the opportunity for UC making a big-time bowl for the first time since Brian Kelly was coaching at UC. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame has one loss on the year to Georgia. Notre Dame is likely out of the playoff Ooh. conversation. Do Does the committee put this together where it's oh, Notre Dame it. versus they UC in the New Year's Six Bowl? absolutely do. Because this is what the committee lives for. Exactly. They love the storyline. Especially in games like this where it's like, oh, well, there's nothing on the line and they're not like worried about like perceptions of anything. They will totally make sure that this matchup happens. I think if both qualify and Notre Dame still has some some wins. I'm here for it. Like, I want to see that. I love it, especially that it's. A few months after Brian Kelly and the 2019 were inducted into the UC Hall of Fame, and then he is playing UC in their first New Year's Six game since he was the coach yeah. and left before. Oh my God! Give this it to is me. The best. I want this. Inject it right into my veins because I want this 100% to happen. No, um, yeah, I, in the committee, the committee's going to make it There happen. you go. Joe just pulled it up. ESPN currently, uh, there's a prediction that SMU versus Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl. So they're saying the American League winner against Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl is the likely pick for uh, for that New Year's Six Bowl. There so if is. UC can get that win, there's a good chance it's UC versus Notre Dame. And this city is going to lose its mind. I can't wait for UC fans to be so fired up to take on Notre Dame in the New Year's Six Bowl. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that, and I think it would be cool. I I know, you know, the people who listen in the show don't know, but you and I have gone back and forth over the bowl games. Like, that's pretty much the genesis of why this podcast is even started. 100%. And I am not here for the, you know, exhibition bowls, but. I am here for a good storyline, and I absolutely <laughs> would be here for the UC versus Brian Kelly like storyline matchup. Like that to me is interesting. That that's what makes a bowl game like where there's nothing at stake per se. Right. Like it's just a you know for it's all rights. pride. Yeah. But I mean, when you're talking about oh hey we've got this perfect storyline of this former coach and now this team who you know has wallowed in craptitude until now and, and not just playing, the former like, coach. The former coach that led them right. to glory before. Right. I mean, and yeah. and left before their last big bowl game. Like, yeah. No, I, I'm all the way here for this. And if it happens and UC wins, they'll be going into the Hall of Fame the next year. So 
<laughs> the next year or the next minute like, yeah. to hold the game after the game they're like hall of fame and every single right person now. gets a statue <laughs> maybe even two luke fickle is gone he is out he will take whatever job because they're going to offer him all the money if he beats notre dame in that sure ball game. notre For dame sure. here he comes <laughs> Oh, God, how funny would that be if the, Brian Kelly fired him and they're like, hey, Luke, do you want a job here? And he's like, yeah, sure. And they just transfer. Oh, God. Uh, looking at UC's schedule coming up, uh, ECU, Connecticut, USF, those are all very winnable games. We talked about it before. The two games at the end of the year are the games they need to pay attention to. Those are the ones that you need to make sure you win. You got Temple, Temple. at home, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's, and Temple just faltered recently. Uh, so I think that game. They definitely it, look beatable. Early in the year, it looked like that was a team that, that was going to be a big matchup, and, and they've really struggled. Uh, oh, is there, they lost to SMU where they got blown out 45 21. That's what it was that I was like, mm, so I mean, basically what we're looking at is SMU is like the game that you're preparing for. Like, Assuming you take right. care of business, like you got to that's the, the thing. You got to make sure right. that you are taking care of business. Right, before. you got to win to get there. But that it's crazy that the American Conference is going to come down to be the one that is playing in a, a New Year's Six Bowl again. Because recently it's been UCF right. that has been you know the the hot team, and you know they're the American team that represents in the New Year's Six Bowls. And now it's either going to be UC or SMU. It looks like, and it's I'm. Wild. I'm pumped. I'm super pumped for that. Oh, I can't wait. I really want that UC. It's gonna be. Matchup. I was gonna say like that UC Notre Dame matchup. I'm I'm all the way here for. As a Notre It'll Dame fan, it'll be the fan. only bowl game that isn't a playoff game that I care to watch. Washington. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that, I, that I have any stake in the outcome. So as please a, let it. As happen. a Notre Dame fan, I was really bummed that they didn't. They they're likely out of the playoff conversation. And then when I was really researching and saw that UC was right in there, I was like, oh my god. This has to happen. Right. This needs to happen <laughs> that these two teams meet up in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, I want it to. I want it to go down. Uh, but here's here's where I feel a little distrustful of this whole thing. The college football playoff rankings are coming out on Tuesday, and there's always some weird shakeup uh, in the in the rankings compared to what the AP and the coaches poll this have. Is the first. This will be the first rankings? one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, from the UC perspective, just win out. If you win out, right. you're likely going to be. I don't foresee any other group of five teams jumping you. I mean, Boise State is close-ish, I guess, but I feel like it's going to come down to that American League, uh, American Conference champion is going to be the one. But I don't think there's any group of five teams that are any closer, um, at least in the AP rankings. So Boise State is the only one that likely could jump. Probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So let's get it done. Let's please win out. Oh, Joe just pointed out Appalachian State is uh, is hanging out oh, back wow. there. Yeah, they have like silently been hanging about this year. That's a team that I forgot existed. Like in my mind, they're still an FCS team because I, I never, still think of them I, beating well, Michigan and being the big I, upset. So I, mean, I don't I even never forget that they exist. It's just that they they always somehow find a way to like lose something towards the middle like by this time well, they've already there's lost there's their loss uh it's november 9th they got south carolina so they chalk mm. that up as an l but south carolina yes they're, they're they're going up against tennessee this week and they were only favored by a few points oh you and mean ten- the south carolina team that just beat georgia that south carolina team they didn't beat georgia 
Oh, wait. No, wait, they did. Oh, you're talking <laughs> the, the week before. I thought you were talking about this week with the spread. No. Yes. Yeah, no, South Carolina. Yeah. The, South Carolina will definitely beat Appalachian State. I will, I'll put it down right now. I'll throw it at the dartboard if they don't. Well, then they, they just, the kiss of death has just been anointed to South Carolina. If, if you're a Cox fan, you are mad. No, come on. There's no way. There's no way. Look at the ESPN prediction right there. 70 some percent are picking. It's already like a 70 percent. 71 percent because that's never been wrong. I mean, what's the point spread? I think. It's oh, way they. Too oh, early. they don't have one because yeah, it's, it's way three too weeks. early for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Speaking on. of too early, come on. Are you going to seriously sit here and tell me you got Appalachian State beating South Carolina? I don't know. Ask me again in three weeks. Okay. <laughs> Should we talk about Xavier? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about some XU, baby. <laughs> we don't have a cool sound cue for XU yet, but uh, okay, cool. Ching, <laughs> ching, 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 ching. That's some swords. <laughs> ching, ching. Thank you, ching. Joe. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> 19 in the preseason ESPN poll. Yeah. Um, UC. That's pretty dope. Well, and again, it's flip-flop because last year at this time, UC came out ranked, uh, you know, in the bottom of that top 25, and Xavier was just outside of. Um, I didn't get to see where UC ended up, like if they received any votes, like where they would be ranked if they expanded the top 25, but they are not in the top 25. So, again, just a role reversal. Yeah. And, you know, there's obviously some sort of expectations for this Xavier team to be a lot better, at least to start the year, than uh, last year's team. So so you see with, uh, they received eight votes. Okay. So they're, you know, probably right around 30. 30-ish. Yeah. yeah. 30, 30-ish. So not terribly far away, but that's, again, same way that Xavier was last yeah. year, where Xavier came in and they were around the 30s to start the year and then fell I think what this that, what so. this comes down to is you have Xavier who is now on a second year coach. They've mm-hmm. settled in a little bit. They've had some time. Whereas UC is starting fresh with the new the, regime. The roles have literally exactly. just reversed. It's That's basically it. what's going to be interesting is where the state of college basketball in the city is in five years six years, seven years. Like that's where it's going to be really interesting. And I think you do have the potential where Xavier and UC are going to be those like top 15 type teams, both of them competing for like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that type of ranking. But I, I do love seeing Xavier ranked ahead of UC to start the season. I, for sure. <laughs> but I, I will also say that I am very, it's kind of like the Skywalker trailer. I'm very cautiously optimistic about this season. Like <laughs> I, I'm hoping for good things, but I don't want to get like too far ahead of myself because uh, you know, the, the players that Xavier got in on paper should be really good, but we've kind of seen this before with Xavier where they've had some name guys for their program. Yeah. yeah. Not name guys, you know, across the board, but just name guys for their program where People look at them and say, oh, well, this is why they succeed. And then for whatever reason, they just don't pan out. And they're expecting a lot of younger guys. So Xavier, they do. They like the established veteran guys are there. And that's like the core of what they. But like this ranking is also based a lot on the fact that they've got a few guys that are coming in that they're like, oh, yeah, these guys are gangbusters. And that makes me a little nervous. Yeah, Kiki is definitely one that like people are pointing to right. as like this dude is going to come in and make an impact right away. He exactly. is going to be a guy on this team. I feel like 
here's the problem. Xavier basketball, since at least since we've been there, has always been if they are expected to do well, they haven't. They <laughs> falter. Well, I mean, they may make the tournament and then get bounced the first weekend. It's those teams that you're like, I don't know about this team that then ends up making this crazy deep run that it's like, where the hell did this even come from? Like, well, with with the exception of last year, because they were kind of in that position last year, and it just everything. Well, but last went year you so last year you had the first year coach sure. asterisk that you can fall back on of. Yeah, Travis Steele has been there forever, but he's also never been the guy on the sidelines. Right. So you can always fall back to, eh, it's a first-year head coach. But I feel, and and I even said it on a couple of the the Craft Brew Sports shows last year, where I said this is the type of Xavier team that makes a deep run in the tournament that you don't expect. Like you have guys that you're like, who is that? And then next thing you know, Hanky McSpanky is a dude that <laughs> everybody knows from the tournament. Uh, because he makes a crazy run and everybody makes a big deal out of his Twitter right. handle, but they didn't do it. They fell short of that. But but that's the type of team that I feel like always goes deep for Xavier, whereas a team like this, where they start off preseason ranked, there's some decent expectations because you have some, some leadership coming back. You have some good freshmen coming in. This is the type of team that they may make the tournament but then falter. And then it's like, well, yeah, great season, guys. Thanks. Well, I'm hoping that's not the case because, again, it's just there's expectations there. And, you know, after last year being kind of, you know, a step back, but an expected step back with the head coach, it just it'll be nice if this year they get back to where they kind of were. And I, I don't think anybody's expecting any type of deep run. There isn't any Final Four expectations off this team. But definitely, like, they're in that range where it's like, uh, a, a Sweet 16 isn't completely out of the question. If you're coming into the season right 19, like, that's a fair assumption that you'd make it to the second weekend. And Xavier has a history of outperforming expectations with lesser teams. So this this team being 19th ranked to come in, like, a Sweet 16 run should be well within reason. Looking at some of these other rankings, though, man, Villanova just stays near the top of the Big East. Yeah. Uh, they're ranked number 10 preseason. And then the surprise to me is Seton Hall at number 12. I would not have expected Seton Hall to be that high ranked in the preseason. Um, so once again, you have a Big East conference that is looking to be pretty well stacked out mm -hmm. throughout the year. Uh, and it could be a conference that, you know, this is – and and – what I've noticed with Xavier since they transitioned to the Big East is that out-of-conference schedule ends up getting weaker and weaker. Mm -hmm. Like, they used to play some baller out-of-conference games because you're in the A-10. You had to have a stacked out-of-conference schedule in order to beef up the resume. Right. But I feel like they're starting to lessen up that out-of-conference schedule and relying on the Big East to, to bolster the schedule. But when you have a team like Villanova that you can't beat, it's like, dude, can you get somebody in out of conference that we can – because I hate having a good loss and not a good win on the resume right. come March. Um, but, man, I, I yeah, I just don't know. With Villanova and Seton Hall, nobody else in the Big East ranked in the preseason top 25. I mean, I think the conference will end up being, you know, a decent conference. But the Big East has kind of had a downturn recently as a whole. I mean, it's just been – Villanova and whoever else drags their sorry carcass into second. 
like, yeah, that's no what doubt. I feel like. Yeah. Like yeah. basically, since the Big East has been reestablished, it's been Villanova and one other team. And, yeah, and the Big East. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know everybody else is battling out for second. It's the it's like worst Xavier's punk there, band but... ever. Villanova and the Big East. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's do our way too early crosstown shootout predictions. <laughs> Xavier versus UC coming up December 7th. It's actually not that far. Is it crazy that that's not that far away? Same day as my son's birthday party. Oh, man. Are you going to have that on the TV? This is uh, well, no, no, no. The party go. is from 2 to 4. The game starts at 5. Well I know played. what's up. Well but played. If well not, played. it's going to be a Xavier <laughs> party a thon right on in. So the birthday party is going to turn right into the Crosstown Shootout party. I love that you thought this through. Well I, done, I my friend. I had already thought about it. And God, when, you're the when, man. when my wife asked, hey, what time do we want the party to? I was like, two to four. And she's like, okay. And she didn't even ask why. But in my mind, I was like, because the game starts at five. And so anybody who wants to come, who was like, oh, I'm not going to come because of the Xavier game, they're like, oh, well, there's still that hour so I can make it. But anybody else, and I'm like, I, I'm straight up telling people, Come to the kids' party. It is going to just transform right on into a Xavier party. So That's like right in the heart of nap time, but I don't even care. I'm probably just going to keep my kids up and bring them. <laughs> I was just going to say, they're more than welcome. There'll be other kids who are forced to stay awake because it's the Crosstown shootout. But uh, I, I think that Xavier gets back to winning this one. You know, UC lost enough guys off this last year's team. It's at Cintas this year, right? Yep. Yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah, one. no, I, I just feel really good about that one. I mean, they're ranked higher. They on paper they should win, and then it's at Centos. So yeah, I, I feel like Xavier's got this. Xavier I, does I don't not think they're have gonna have a, like a blowout victory, but there's not any really good games that will prepare them for that UC game. I guess Missouri is uh, probably potentially the best. well, potentially because they play in the tournament, so it's like you don't know who they're gonna play. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there there's not a lot of real tests. Right. That's on, yeah. So I feel like that'll be the first big game for Xavier. But that's um, the problem with this whole UC Xavier game in December. They really, and I've been saying this, I've been beating dude, this drum forever. Move, that back. move it back to February. February Whatever happened to like key. rivalry week? That was the best. I mean, I know it's right in the middle of the conference schedule, but. It was always in the middle of the conference schedule. Yeah. Why is it that? Why is it a problem now? Well, it was ever since they moved the whole. You know, man, we had the fight, and we've got to move it earlier. So but they did that before blood. that. They were they moved it earlier in the season before the fight, before the crosstown brawl. I don't know. All I know is that I, I it needs to go back to February. It definitely needs to go back to February. It, like December, that early in the season, just like it feels like your college season doesn't get underway until like mid December. And that game happens just like a week before right, everything right gets before. even yeah. underway. So you're like, oh my God, we've got like one of the biggest games of the season on the calendar before everything really gets right. amped up. And no matter what the outcome of that game, it's kind of like whatever. Whereas when it was in February, when the season is, you know, in the thick of things, right. it's like, not only does it mean something because of like momentum and where you're at season wise, it's got the extra boost because of the the rivalry like it just felt so much bigger it's just like oh yeah this is big but eh, you can kind of recover it's like playing it right. early. it's, it's like not, the early it, season it has no impact yeah it's the early season college football matchup where it's like yeah week one they might play somebody but it doesn't knock them out of playoff contention because it's so early <laughs> and nobody cares everybody's forgotten by the time selection show comes around so 
Can we? I know it's move not, it to February. I know it's not Cincinnati, but can we just laugh real quick that Dayton is? They're not even talked about anymore. Oh, I mean, I, you don't even have to say anything. As soon as you said Dayton, I was laughing because it's Dayton. <laughs> I I know Xavier fans hate UC for whatever. I've never been a Xavier fan that really hated UC. Me neither. I've always been like I've always no, hated Dayton more. Uh, yes, a hundred percent. And maybe that's because I didn't grow up here. But I feel it like it's absolutely because we didn't grow yeah. up here, so we don't have that like. More, like Dayton has been my rival. Yep, it's not UC. Absolutely, UC is like I want to win this game. Just because, why it, not? It's it's the rivalry. But on the paper. Dayton game was the one that I was like, yep. I hope we never lose to this. Same Z's. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> this has been a really fun show, man. We uh, we covered a lot in this one. We hit all the points we needed to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's recap real quick. O and eight. UC is going to take on Notre Dame. Xavier dominates. There we go. There's there's your show in a nutshell. There's your style, baby. Uh, it has been uh, another fantastic week with all of you. Absolute thank, pleasure. Yes, thank you. Thank all you, for Joe. Tuning in. Yes, Joe. Thank you for keeping us on track. Thank you for making fun of me for my gaffes. And <laughs> I'm glad I was able to make fun of Scott for his gaffes. So at least. Everybody made a gap on this show. It's fine. There's no reason to bring up old stuff. If you guys want to follow along in between the shows, be sure to tweet at us at Craft Sports. You can follow Scott at Scotty K underscore junior. Follow me at Mike Merlin. and follow Joe at Joe Goalie 4. If you've got any sweet hot Cincinnati takes you want to throw down, hit us up on our drunk line, 440-37-DRUNK. Join the Craft Root Sports Facebook group. We uh, We got all kinds of sports talk going on in there, so be sure to search that out and join in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and review. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers, everybody. Peace. We out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. 
It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about, and it can give you real, lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.